Hello and welcome into FCC Talk. I am your host, John Rhodes, the Children's and Family Minister here at First Christian Church. And today we have the head honcho with us, Chris Gregg, the Senior Minister here at First Christian Church. How are you doing today, Chris? I'm doing very well, John. Thanks for asking. How are you? I'm doing great. Glad to have you here. Uh, I think that we have an awesome show planned. We're going to be talking about some uh, interesting things. We're going to be talking about the uh, church attendance since the pandemic has happened. We're going to be talking about some prayer, uh, get some insight on you and your prayer life and just some of your thoughts there. And then in addition to that, we'll also be talking about mental health and how it relates to us being religious. Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? We'll see. We'll dive into it uh, and do that thing. So before we get started, please do like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. If you're listening on podcasts, please do follow us and give us a rating there as well. We appreciate that. If you've listened to FCC Talk before, you know that this is Christian uh, Church Talk. This is our first Christian Church podcast where we talk about just all the things going on, ministry insights. We don't get into politics or anything like that, but we do sometimes talk about our personal lives. Sometimes we'll talk about the Bible. Uh, this isn't necessarily a sermon. Chris already gives one of those every Sunday morning, so we don't want to <laughs> make him have to do another one. But uh, but it's just time for us to talk and have some good conversation, uh, and it's uplifting to you, and we hope that it's uplifting to you. All right, Chris, you ready to get into this? I absolutely am, John. All right, our first article comes from Gallup.com. It's written by Jeffrey M. Jones, and it's about the U.S. church attendance is still lower than it was pre-pandemic. So there's a whole lot of information in this article. We're not going to go through all of it, a lot of graphs, a lot of statistics, things like that. But uh, basically, the point of this whole article is to say that attendance in churches is lower today than it was before the pandemic. And so basically saying we didn't just experience a decline in church attendance during the pandemic, but it actually has continued to decline even after that. Now, right now, if you look at the graph that they give us, it is up a little bit more, but still, like I said, lower than it was before. So Chris, my question to you is what is it about church attendance uh, that continues to be down uh, after COVID? What are your thoughts about that? Well, I think Church attendance is important because you're worshiping God with the family of God and in community. So first of all, I want to say that. Second, I think we got out of the habit of going to church. It's just that simple. And for some people, church kind of what what they were maybe on the way out already. Uh, They got involved in the political aspects of it, which we as a church have tried to avoid. We're, we're right. kingdom people. Uh, politics are, are something external to the church. Uh, we preach, thus saith the Lord, to a specific issue in regards to what the Word of God says, but it's not political, it's spiritual. So I think that went on, and I think some people just haven't rebounded from COVID. They are still hunkered down, avoiding anywhere where a large group of people where they gather. Yeah, it's uh, in- incredibly uh, strange. I guess not strange because I guess you would expect it, but just incredible the way the numbers go on some of these graphs. Um, mm-hmm. I'll link the um, the article in the description. So if you want to go look at it, but basically what has happened ever since January of 2021 is that the in-person attendance used to be 
you know, a good amount higher than the virtual attendance. Well, now what has mm-hmm. happened is they basically flipped and basically people are attending much, much more online virtually, as they call it, uh, and much, much less in person. And so the basically the amount of people that were attending in person are now attending virtually and online. Mm-hmm. And the amount of people that were attending virtually online are now attending in person. Um, I don't know if it's that way here in our area, but it's definitely uh, affected in other areas as well. Uh, so it's very, very interesting. Um, so Chris, my, I guess my question to you um, is how has our church, because it's easy to look globally and just all across America, mm-hmm. but in your opinion, how has COVID and the pandemic and things like that, not just during the time, but also now, how has it affected attendance at our church? Well, I, I think uh, during COVID, it naturally went down and we had a very resilient core group that just stayed with us and hung in there through the whole thing. But those folks on the 15% of the one extreme and 15% of the other extreme didn't and they haven't, I don't know, I think we probably are missing about, oh, close to maybe 10% of what we had before. We run about 375 in service and we were running 425. So there are 50 people that we don't see. And that could represent as many as 150 people, depending on, and we're talking about averages um, during that time. So I, I think people, the virtual experience, again, not getting out of the habit and, um, being afraid, you know, if you're, if you're uh, immune deficient or health compromised, I think people are still concerned about that. Yeah, I think uh, for us, it makes a difference too, because before the pandemic, we weren't doing any type of, you know, online service or anything like that. Now we are live streaming the sermon, um, I think, you know, maybe three or four months before everything happened. I think we started that in December of 2019. Mm-hmm. And then obviously everything mm-hmm. blew up in March of 2020. Um, but yeah. we we first started trying to live stream the entire service literally that first Sunday because we were like, well, we don't, you know, there's gonna be mm-hmm. a lot of people that aren't here uh, because mm-hmm. of the very reasons you referenced the health deficiencies and stuff like that. Um, right. And, and so for us, you know, if we do include, because what do you say, 375 is kind of the average attendance in person? Yeah, about, include, about. About, yeah. If we do include the online, which is about anywhere from probably 60 to 80 mm-hmm. online every Sunday, uh, we actually are exceeding that now, that 425 right. that you were talking right. about. So right. I think for a lot of people, it just comes down to, you know, do you count people watching online as the same as people coming in and, Mm -hmm. you know, being in person for your service uh, and those kind of things. So you have any additional thoughts on that, Chris? I just, uh, I think it's just going to take time. It's one of those things that we didn't expect that we've been through that people, you know, the pattern has changed. And so I think it will come back. I think people will come back inside because they need that fellowship. They need that connection. And there's something different about being in service where two or three are gathered. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I think when you put an excellent product together, uh, like I think that we do with the, uh, you know, not just the community, but also the product of the service, you know, uh, worship, sermon, all of those mm-hmm. things together, uh, mm-hmm. it makes it more attractive to be inside and not just online. Yeah. So We can't worship. Uh, it's not the same 
experience of worshiping online versus worshiping in person with yeah, others. Yeah. Might be more comfortable in your pajamas with the coffee, but you know, not a. Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> the, the pajama <laughs> rating would be difficult to compare. <laughs> That's true. All right, Chris. Well, let's get to our next subject here, uh, prayer. So a long article here um, by Leighton Talbert. Uh, He talks a lot about prayer and the power and the pattern of prayer. I want to just highlight in this article um, some of the models of prayer that a a couple people had. So this one person, um, her name is Asa. She models her prayer with affirming the omnipotence of God. That's what she does first. Number two, acknowledge soul dependence on God. Number three, claim humbly but confidently your covenant relationship to God. That's number three. Oh, I guess number three. Uh, and then fourth, last thing, is she directs her primary concerns to the glory of God, not merely the personal deliverance of benefit. So what she's basically saying there is that she is directing everything toward God. This is for you. God, I want all this to be uh, about you, not for me, not what I want in my life. Another one, uh, Hezekiah, I think this is a he, uh, he was talking about um, uh, another illustration from the Bible is Hezekiah uh, with his prayer being uh, prayed for those who were not properly cleansed of sanctuary worship. So again, this is you know a little bit different from what we do. Uh, but Hezekiah prayed that God would deliver Jerusalem from the surrounding Assyrians. Uh, the Hezekiah would pray that a 39-year-old uh, Hezekiah prayed that God would spare his life. He did that as well. Uh, and so just a lot of different ways and a lot of different models of prayers uh, that people can have, kind of showing the diversity there of what mm-hmm. uh, people might go for. So, Chris, I'm curious with you is uh, what is kind of your model for your prayer life uh, and how you try to structure your prayers? Well, I start, start out every morning, try to do it first thing, uh, maybe have a cup of coffee in my hand. Um, but r- r- right at the very beginning of the day, I uh, have a devotional on you version and I spend some time in prayer before I do anything else. Sometimes I'll stay in bed and sometimes I have a lazy boy that's my designated spot. And I'll just spend some time praying about those things that are concerning to me, things that are global, like uh, what's going on in Israel right now, things that are personal with family, but also church-wise and and issues and concerns that are going on. So I spend uh, some time, not a long time, and then throughout the day I try to to live in prayer and pray as I go over issues or concerns and trying to connect the dots with God. It seems like my days go better that way myself personally. Yeah, I think that's a great uh, point there is uh, throughout your day trying to give your concerns and give those things to God. I remember um, when I was doing camp teams, I wasn't able to wake up and have prayer time because it was just such a long day the day before. And then you were so tired, you went to sleep. And the first thing you did was you got up and you you did more camp stuff and everything. Uh, And I remember, you know, there were walks at every camp because, you know, camps, you get long walks all the time. Uh, And so during those longer walks, I would try to make sure I took time to pray uh, in between 
in those areas um, yeah. and do that then. So it's important that if you can't find time in the morning for whatever reason, you know, whether you got kids that are waking you up every morning or whatever the deal is, uh, to try and find some time during the day as well that you're also just concentrating and focusing on God and doing that then. So um, one thing that I liked that the article talked about was how much we should be making prayer about God and not about us. Uh, the author kind of goes into, you know, persistent prayer versus pagan prayer. You know, pagan prayer is all about, look at me, look at what I've done. Um, persistent prayer is, you know, giving it to God and praying for him to work mm-hmm. and do his will. Uh, so my question to you, Chris, is do you have any tips for people to help them, you know, not just pray for themselves and what they want, but to pray honoring God uh, and maybe pray more about him and for him rather than themselves. Yeah. I First and foremost, I think praying is just talking with God. And there are situations where I'm asked to pray publicly often And I say, well, I don't understand why everybody else doesn't pray as well. In fact, I've turned down occasions to pray publicly. Privately, uh, I want to spend time honoring God and knowing and reminding myself, not God, of who he is and where the power in prayer is, is in God. And when we as Christians submit our will to his will and his will is to be done, then even bad things can be turned to good if we trust God. And that's that's a huge piece of the puzzle for me. Now, do I pray for healing? Absolutely. Do I pray for help uh, in every avenue and area of my life, with my relationships, with our finances, with um, our neighbors and situations? Absolutely. I pray for wisdom and insight in regard to doing things and helping people and fixing things at home and, and other places. Absolutely. So prayer is just a conversation of anything that you would talk to another person about. I would talk to God about. Yeah, I think that's a great point. It's all about, you know, interacting with him uh, because you want to interact with him, not because it's for your benefit, but because you know mm-hmm. that, you know, we were made to be in contact with God. We were made right. uh, to be his children. Um, and, and so to me, that's always kind of been my focus. And whenever I ask God for things, I always try to ask him in the way of, you know, kind of like in the the prayer that Jesus prays uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane when he, you know, he says, but your will be done. Uh, and I always try to keep that in mind whenever I'm asking for anything or whatever I'm praying for somebody else or whatever it might be say, you know, but let your will be done for your glory and not mine. Uh, and I think that's an important mindset to have, uh, whenever we're, we're making those prayers as well. So any more thoughts on that, Chris? Nope. All right. Well then we'll get to our, our last one. Uh, this one is about mental health and being religious. Uh, so a new study came out, uh, not super new. I think this was back in, No, this was October. Oh, the study came out in June. I apologize. Uh, The study came out in June, but they kind of were assessing it. And so this article was written. It's on a Christian post by Ryan Foley. Um, again, this is uh, in the description if you want to read these yourselves. But it's a, it's a long article. We're not going to dissect every piece of it. But there is one point that he makes where he talks about how religious people are generally more positive and have better mental health 
the non-religious people. Uh, now, Chris, I don't know about you, but whenever I watch the news or whenever I, you know, consume some kind of media like that, it always tells me, well, religious people, you know, everything is just so, you know, cut and dry and you can't have anything. And so you're not happy and all these rules. Uh, but I think, you know, this kind of shows that when you are religious and when you have standards and guidelines for your life and something higher to live for, uh, it can help your, your mental health and where you are at in your life. Uh, do you tend to agree with that? I mean, is there anything about Christianity to you that equips us better for our mental health? Well, sure. I think that having a heavenly father that's all sovereign and all powerful to go to in prayer is just one thing. So you can have a peace of mind and peace of heart, the idea of shalom and wholeness and wellness, um, putting our casting our cares upon him, putting our faith and trust in him, leaning not on our own understanding, but in all our ways, acknowledging him. All of those things give us hope. It gives us peace. It gives us a way to manage our lives and it's outside of ourselves, but it was also inside of ourselves through the Holy Spirit. So yeah, I think that Christians should have a, a more peace of mind, be in better health, uh, have more mental uh, illness resistance, if you will, because of who we are and whose we are and who we trust in. Yeah, and I think that's a, that's a great point about the prayer and kind of the mindset of it as well. You know, when you feel like you have, you know, the God <laughs> of all creation listening to you uh, and, and, and caring about you, not just listening, but also caring about what you're saying, uh, that means far, far more than if you're just, you know, generally talking to yourself and saying things that, you know, you don't think anybody else is hearing. Um, yeah, I think... I have generally seen uh, that more people in the church are aware of mental health uh, as well as not just struggling with it. And not, no shame if somebody does struggle with it, but I think there are more people in the church who are aware of their mental health and what kind of things they need to do if they are struggling with it. Um, I can say for a fact I have friends uh, who are not religious that I've never talked about mental health with. <laughs> it's just never been a discussion. I don't know if there's something about me that makes them think they don't want to talk about it, whatever. Uh, but I, but many of my friends who uh, are religious, uh, it's something that, you know, people will talk about and it's kind of, just kind of out there. Um, I did, when you were studying, I didn't write this question down, Chris, but I'm, I'm curious when you were studying, uh, psychology and stuff like that for your masters. Was any of this ever mentioned, you know, being religious and the connection to mental health or anything? Absolutely. Like that? Okay. Absolutely. Um, in my techniques of counseling school and practicums, obviously we don't, uh, from a, a secular or a non-Christian perspective, and that's how I was trained. Mm -hmm. You don't impose your religious values or systems on people. So, What's interesting is that during a conversation with someone who would be your counselee or you might call them a client or patient, right. that you would maybe say, hey, do you have any religious background or where do you get your truth or how do you know what is right and wrong? And then kind of tailor your approach to that person from that perspective. But yes, all the time, um, not all the time, but Often in the research, it cites that religious people, people that are in Christ, Christians in particular, 
have uh, stronger mental health, stronger family connections, and a better overall life. That's very interesting. I, I, my brother-in-law, he is a mental health counselor at a high school in uh, Indy, and, and he said that they didn't talk about religion very much or anything. Mm-hmm. Some of the stuff you said there, he said they did discuss. But um, So I'm always curious about those things and how it relates to uh, some of those more secular discussions about it mm-hmm. as well. So there was a statement made in this article, Chris, that I wanted to get your thoughts on before we move on. <clears throat> and just basically, I can't find it exactly where it was, but uh, basically the statement was uh, that people who are religious will have less struggles with mental health and be consistently more positive in their lives. Uh, so he's not saying like a health and wealth, you know, doctrine or theology or anything like that. He's just saying in general, the more religious you are, the the better mental health and the more positive you are. So do you agree or disagree with that statement? Yeah, I absolutely agree that I think that we can find our hope. We can have peace like shalom, that wholeness and wellness that we've been talking about in the Rooted series, but particularly our faith and trust in in a God who cares and who loves us, that we can cast our anxiety upon him and that he hears us and, and we matter to him. And so I think that otherworldly component, that Holy Spirit component, that God component in our lives makes a huge difference in, in our overall what, uh, life, life health and to be able to live our best life. Yeah, and it can also be kind of an evangelism tool. You know, if you have a friend who's struggling with mental health or something and they've opened up to you, Mm -hmm. you can, you know, tell them, you know, don't tell them, you know, oh, no, I've never struggled with that and and you're all alone. Don't tell them that. Uh, Right, right. (laughs) No, I wouldn't, yeah. Yeah, but you could, you know, tell them that, hey, something that's always helped my mental health is, you know, being involved in my church and having my Mm -hmm. church family and, you know, not just my regular family, but also my church family that I have as well. And uh, those kind of things. So, so yeah. All right. Well, those are our three topics. Chris, let's just, let's talk about you for a minute. Uh, is there anything new going on with you? Anything new that you're eating or watching or reading? Anything new in your life you want to share? I'm reading a book, uh, Lift, uh, right now. It's a leadership book that I like. I'm also uh, a huge proponent of Vital Smarts, and it's it's kind of a self help crucial conversations that I'm reviewing as well. Day to day, I'm in Lamentations, so talk about mental health and yeah. the crying prophet. Just finished Jeremiah and Isaiah. Well, actually, I'm in Ezekiel right now, so I'm just beginning that. So Bible reading and in Hebrews. So kind of heading that direction, preparing for Christmas and that that's on my mind right now, as well as wrapping up some stuff with vacations for the end of the year. I think I've got maybe three weeks of uh, vacation time coming here in the next couple months to get it all in before the end of the year. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. And that's a mental health rest kind of break for me. So I'm looking forward to doing some of that. Yeah, I was going to say you uh, you have CJ and Dan preaching coming up here soon, so very soon you'll uh, you'll be rested and prepared for Christmas, right? Because right. are you doing the entire Christmas series? I think I am. I might have one of the staff preach one of those uh, sermon in in the series, but I'm, I'm 
beginning to work on that as well. So look gotcha. forward to the Christmas season once again. Gotcha. Very good. Uh, you doing okay in fantasy football or uh, you losing on that? Actually, I'm like three and five or three and four or something. Mm, not bad. I'm not doing too well, but yeah. I thought I was getting out of slump, but a lot of injuries. Yeah. Uh, Mahomes didn't have a uh, Kansas City's quarterback, didn't have a very good uh, weekend last weekend, but I still would have been beat. Yeah, well, that's a lot that's of injuries. How that's yep. how it goes, I guess. Yep. So, all right, uh, Chris, before we get out of here, we always like to try and just see if there's a Bible verse or anything that's on your heart or on your mind that you want to share with everybody. Is there anything that you've been reading or uh, maybe a lamentation or something like that that you want to share with everybody? Well, I'm I'm reminded uh, with Thanksgiving and November is kind of a, a month where we celebrate generosity. And uh, no one can serve two masters, either serve God, God or money. And so, you know, generosity, I think, is a characteristic of a, a Christian who is a Christ follower who takes it seriously because we have received so much from God for God so loved the world that he gave and what he gave is one and only son. So. Generosity should be a characteristic of our lives together. We look forward to helping others and meeting needs, and we're going to have a lot of opportunities to do that through this Thanksgiving and Christmas season. There you go. Yep, we'll have time to do that. It's also an important time to see family, maybe family that uh, maybe is not churched or not involved or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I know that uh, Dan and we, we, me, you, and Dan talk a lot about Christmas Eve being a good opportunity to bring family and th- people like that into uh, the service and and do those things. So anytime, anytime you have the opportunity to invite someone and bring them to the church, it's always positive. I've had so many people in this in the last few months that say, "Well, I wish I would have found your church. I've been looking for a church for a year, and I just feel God's movement. I feel God's welcoming. I feel the Holy Spirit drawing me." And I hear it over and over and over again. I know that sounds braggadocious or like I'm being proud. It's not. It's just that's what people are saying. And so we are having some really good services and God is really doing a great work. And so and he's blessing that. And so, you know, bring someone because they need it and we need them. Right, for sure. And, and you know, some people who come here, you know, you hear a lot about people who come from other churches every now and then. It's like, oh, that person came from this church. Uh, one thing that, you know, we've been getting from people is people who did go to another church and then they couldn't find a church, so they just stopped going to church altogether, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, which to me, you know, that's really, really sad that, you know, y- you can't find a church and then you just stop going. Uh, and then we've had a number of people come and say, hey, you know, I've been out of church for a while. We just weren't able to find the right church. And, uh, you know, we were welcomed here. I To me, it's like, it's not very braggadocious of us because <laughs> we're not the ones out in the lobby shaking mm-hmm. hands. You know, that's that's mm-hmm. the people who go here. Great job to them. Right. And, uh, you know, they say they enjoy the service. And, you know, I hear people tell tell me that their kids had a great time in kids ministry and you know all those things so mm-hmm. um you know at the end of the day that's you know that's what we want we want to try and grow the kingdom and uh you know help people get get baptized and saved and all those right. things and then also just give people a place where they can come and have corporate worship and be together so absolutely so yep. all right well that's all i got chris uh thanks so much for coming on i appreciate it my have pleasure fun. thanks for letting me be your guest today and Hope to see you soon. See you, everybody. Have a good one.